You've heard it all your life, and not just from your mother, although you probably did hear it from your mother. You have such a great voice. Did you ever think of doing voiceover? Let's demystify this fun, flexible industry here on The VoiceOver Pod with Justine Reese, brought to you by Such A Voice. I'm Justine, and I'll be your host for the next 30 minutes or so, where we will talk to people that have sat in your shoes and then became successful in the voiceover industry. We'll talk to people who hire voiceover talent. We'll talk about recording, sound, auditioning, casting. We're going to share some stories. We're going to share some secrets. And then, who knows, you may be my next guest. Welcome back to the voiceover pod sponsored by Such a Voice. And I am very excited to be here today with Tim Powers. Uh, my name is Justine Reese. I am a coach and masterclass teacher and voiceover artist myself, working with Such a Voice. And so is Tim Powers. Tim Powers is one of our coaches. He teaches improv. He's got an incredible resume of voiceover experience. And I mean, lately on his social media posts, I just see him doing a little bit of everything, which is, I think, one of the things that I personally love about this industry is that we get to dive into many different aspects. So welcome, Tim, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Justine. I uh, am so happy you called and asked me to be a part of this. Um, just, I we've got a cool story to tell, right? So um, yeah. it's your it's your show, Miss. Where do we get started? Well, we want to start with why don't you tell us, you know, your story. I I think that our audiences, our students, our graduates are always fascinated. I'm always fascinated with what brings someone to the world of voiceover. So, tell us what brought you to the world of voiceover. Was it so something you dreamed about? Here's the as a story, kid? right? Bring it on. Bring it on here's, to them. Here's the story, right? I want to hear it. It's 1986. I'm in high school and I go to a radioactivity uh, exhibition in my high school. And it was at that point was that I got bitten by a radioactive voice actor. Yeah. <laughs> Mel Blank was actually radioactive, bit me on the hand, and I got the proportionate strength and agility of a voice. No. Um, Actually, my journey actually did begin uh, in high school. My high school, uh, a fine organization, but not known for its arts program. And I am not a scientist. So, <laughs> you know, I had been, I've been the funny kid from birth, right? Um, there, There's a difference between the class clown and the class comedian, right? The class clown yeah. is the guy that streaks the, um, you know, the, the, the homecoming game, butt naked and uh, steals the football and does a wacky dance in the end zone. Right. That was not the you. Class comedian. The ah. class comedian was the guy that talked him into doing it. Ah, right. right. I got it. Right. Game. Cause there were always the kids that would shoot off their mouth. And then there were the other kids who would shoot off their mouth and be funny and get out of trouble. So mm. I, you know, I had a big mouth, but I was smart and I, I was genuinely funny. Yeah. So cut to my, uh, well, so I started in radio when I was 18, right? My first day in radio was where, like can you the, set the day after my last day. Are we, were you in what, what part of the country did you live in? It's the summer of 1987 cut to St. Louis, Missouri. The gateway to the West, home of the St. Louis Cardinals and oh, Anheuser-Busch. Gotcha. Okay. A young man yeah, steps into a radio studio for the first time and drops the needle on Eleanor by the Turtles at KCLC. 
an FM radio station broadcasting with 50,000 watts throughout the St. Louis area, right? Um, I had gone through a training class. I had gotten a job. And that's my first day officially behind a microphone was that. Is it voice acting? No way. However, um, what I learned was all the technique, all the comfort, and cut to 25 years later, I'm transitioning from radio to voice acting with a very skilled coach uh, in Los Angeles who was also a radio guy. And a lot of my uh, clients through such a voice are old radio guys, guys who come in, you know, I've been doing radio since 1974. I know how to do this here. Hand me a piece of paper and I'll sell you this truck. Right. <laughs> and what they have learned uh, through me and through you and through our program is the difference between announcing and voice acting. Yes. Right? Oh, this is my um, favorite topic. And that is, that's the transition, right? Uh, I ran into Jim Cummings last summer. He and I were somewhere and we had a marvelous conversation. Jim Cummings is the voice of Winnie the Pooh and Tigger and Hondo yeah, in great. Star Wars. He's an A-list amazing voice actor. If you ever get a chance to hear him talk about the craft, please sit at his feet like Master Yoda and learn. And one of the things that he's fond of saying is that we are voice actors. Small V, capital A. I don't care what your voice is, right? You have a voice like mine. You have a voice like Mike Cunningham, whatever. You have a beautiful lady's voice like Justine. Who cares? Can you act with it, right? I, I I coined the phrase that many people have ripped off now that a good voice no more makes you a voice actor than a Fender Stratocaster makes you Eric Clapton. <laughs> right? And at the same you time, know, the, I, I want to just pepper in a little bit here that by Tim and I saying, you know, you need to develop this this craft of acting, that does not mean that you have to come into this with a lot of acting training already. No, I'm not, not at all. And we're not saying that won't help you. So those of you out there that are, you know, love to act in high school or maybe took did some community theater, that stuff totally helps. But part of what Absolutely. we do is train this piece of the, the puzzle. It's not everything, but it is such a huge piece of connecting to a message finding some character. And when we say character, we don't always right. mean crazy voices. We mean connecting to those different pieces of yourself, right? Right. It's way more interesting to talk with someone than right. at someone, right? Correct. When when you were a kid and you got lectured, you shut down. But Ow, when I don't remember out. anything about my four years of high school, except that I remember Miss Dolan sitting with me after hours you know, shoulder to shoulder with me, helping me figure out how to uh, balance quadratic equations. I right. could not tell you any other thing that happened four years of high school other than this lady took the time to look me in the Connect. eye and say, you're going to get through this. Don't worry about it. You know, you know and I'm, so, I'm jumping a little, and when you, I'm jumping, I'm jumping a little, sure. I'm just going to point out here that one of the other things that I love, and I don't know if you talk to your students about this, but what starts to happen when you do this kind of work is this connection that you develop with a person who's literally not there, you will start to do this more engaged in your own life, in your own conversations. Yep. When you get up to do your other job, when you engage as a, if you're a customer service person or you're a presenter or you're a, you know, a rep that, that helps people with their tech, you know, you're a tech service person, you will do those things better because you're studying voiceover. Would you agree with that? Right. Yeah. Absolutely, I would. Uh, it because what we do is human connection. Yeah. 
That's why I'm going to, I'm going to broach a massive, I'm going to open a jar of bees right now, Justine. Here we go. People are flipping out about the, okay. So here we go. I'm opening the jar of beets. People are flipping out about AI right now, right? Oh, it's going to take away our jobs. It's going to blah, 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 right? What an AI, what a, what a computer cannot do is care about you can sound like it's concerned. Can it read the words? Absolutely. So can a fourth grader. If this job was about just reading the words, one jerk would have figured out how to read all the words and he would have all the work. Well, guess what? What gets you the job is your ability to connect. The reason that Clooney is the voice of, of Nespresso and, um, you know, who, uh, Tim Allen is the voice of Chevy right now is because they're good actors. They connect with you. If it was just about shouting at you, it'd be 1974 and Gary Owens would be telling you about the brand new Ford LTD, right? Right. There's a whole science behind all of that. AI cannot connect and it is your job as a voice actor to learn how to do it. Can you read? Absolutely. That's a given. Big deal. Everybody else in the industry has been uh, can read. Do you have a right. good voice? Yep. Awesome. So what? Literally everyone else in this industry who is going to audition for the same job as you was told by somebody, you got a good voice. You should do radio. In the early days of the pandemic, there was literally a microphone shortage because every Yahoo in the country thought that they could make a million dollars from their closet with a Yeti microphone reading into it. And what they found was, oh, my God, it's kind of difficult. You can't make all that kind of money unless you know what you're doing. Correct. And, and that is where coaches to, like, yeah, go ahead. Right. Coaches like Justine and me come in and we teach you the acting part of voice actors, right? My business card says voice actor. I'm a member of the screen actors guild. I get the job, not because I read really well, but because I act because of the character, the connection that I bring to it. A little bit and of skill, one a little of bit of the things that you, t- Tim brings to the table, and if you come on board with us, uh, or perhaps you are a listener who has experienced something called Timprov, the yes. the the element of improvisation. Um, for me, I before I even you know met you, I ha- I have done a lot of improv, and I even was lucky enough or or stupid enough to perform with Wayne Brady before he became Wayne Brady back um, at a place called Sack Theater. And I had to be on stage with this brilliant improviser doing musicals, and boy, he gave me a run for my money. But the whole yep. idea of improv is trusting your instincts, learning to say yes. And there's that's a great way to go through life, by the way. But as an as a right. voiceover talent, what Tim is talking about is taking monologues. We are typically doing monologues, and we have to turn them into dialogues mm-hmm. with people who aren't there. In a way, it's more challenging than acting in a scene with a person. Um, talk right. about how you help actors get there or voice so the talent, concept our voice of talent. our voice talent. Um, well, it is what we do is fundamentally method acting, as you say, and it's connection. It's talking to someone who is not there. So if you figure out what the script is really about, right, right it's not really about coca-cola sugar water that gives you diabetes it's about how much fun it is to hang out with your friends there's a teachable moment in every commercial every script you do there's something there's a there's a thing underneath Mm -hmm. beyond the surface it's not about the ford f-150 it's about power it's about being the coolest guy at the job site it's about towing your boat to impress your girl (laughs) right there's there's something behind that and you figure out who in your universe a person you know 
with a re- a real person with a face and a name that you would talk to about that. You know, I love this job because I get to my, talk to my dad every day and he's been dead for three years. Mm, yeah. And I get to, you know, you I get, know, hey, dad, you know what? Setting up your OK Google is not that difficult. Blah, 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 blah. And I just get to talk to dad because I know how he's reacting. Your job as a voice actor is to be a conduit of emotion, not information. The information's in the script. They're going to get it. It's not what you say. It's how you get it across. And it's all in that connection. Literally every single person who auditions for the same job as you, and that could be 80, 100, 250 people, they're all going to read the same words as you. So how do you, how do you, how do you stand out? And, and, and these are the things that really make the difference between a good voice and a trained voice. Um, because if you are a good voice, you know, you might sound, you have a certain sound and that's great. And that's going to get you maybe Notice, but if you know how to use your voice and bring emotional intelligence to the words you're saying and get creative and use verbal cues, you know, I talk so much in, in class about, about verbal cues and, and how, just how you and I are talking right now, we're not scripted. We're taking pauses as we think of the next thing to say. So this is actually something you can practice, um, through, through, using a script. I mean, really, it's a it's a crazy job. And that's why there's so many layers to this. But let's break it down a little right. because I feel like when we talk in big concepts, it's it's hard to nail down. We use okay. something called the four. Let's players. let's talk about let's let's define acting. Yeah. Right. Okay. Let's, let's define acting. You are a classically trained actor, as am I, right? So we go to the master, Meisner. Right. Right. Sandy Meisner, his quote, which opened the entire thing up for me, is what is acting? Acting is behaving in a truthful manner under imagined circumstances, right? And my clients hear me say this all the time. Chris Evans is not really a 110-year-old World War II veteran who spent 70 years in an iceberg. But he behaves as if he is. So wait, and we buy it. That? I actually want, I want people to like really hear it. Acting is behaving in a truthful Okay, this is Sanford Meisner, one of, the, one of the greatest acting coaches of all time. His phrase is, acting is behaving in a truthful manner under imagined circumstances right i was um i was at a workout at one point and the people were working out on a dog food commercial and somebody's like well who do i sound like i care about dog food if i don't have a dog and i'm like acting mel blank wasn't really a rabbit you know act how can i be i don't know how can i be abraham lincoln if i'm not abraham lincoln that's our job right our job is to act and my other my other fun right. one on on the that's our job is when people are like I, you know I don't like this script I wouldn't say it like that guess what that's our job our job is to yeah. find a way to use those words truthfully and there is the rub of the training so something that I we, love that you quoted do- Shakespeare in that because that's the whole point right my my lovely wife is a classically trained Shakespearean actor she's got a master's in Shakespeare from Brooklyn College her professor love won it. an Oscar right it, it was F Murray Abram right okay. I've been with her for 20 years she is a classically trained Shakespearean actor I she have never once really over dinner nice heard her speak in iambic pentameter right but the job it when she's Kate Right. In Taming of the Shrew, you bet she is speaking in iambic pentameter. The last thing you want to do when you're in a session and somebody hands you your script is go, I can't read this because you don't know who wrote the script. Right. 
could be your client who's writing you your check, could be your client's cousin, you know, and you can't go, well, this is garbage. Hold on. Let me rewrite that. I tell my students, it's your job to put lipstick on whatever pig you get. A hundred percent. And not only that, your judgment of the script, if if you just get caught up in that, is going to come <laughs> out in your That's an delivery, excellent point. Right? So yep. one of yep. the greatest tools to use in a situation like that is improv. Take And, I, and mm-hmm. I'm not saying improvise and send off your audition, right? But I know, Tim, you agree with me that take that script, practice it in your own words, and then go back to the text, right? That's one trick yep. to use. Absolutely. Um, because if you think about what, what improvisation requires you to do, uh, it requires you to be in the moment, the Correct. exact heartbeat where your scene is. You've been in, you know, cooperative scenes where you're building a scene with two, three scene partners at a time, and you have no control over what they're going to say, what they're going to do, or where they are, right? All you have is that heartbeat and uh, staying in that moment and forgetting what happened before and having no control over what's going to happen in the future. You have to stay in that moment and that commitment to that moment while you're performing is what's going to drive that through. I created Timprov such as it is because I was working with so many students who were hell bent on just getting it right. Oh yes. And another favorite topic. And wanting to be perfect. I just want to nail it. I just want to get it perfect. And you know what? There is no no perfect. perfect. Tim and I are just I tell I tell my folks all the time it is more important for you to be natural than perfect because you're the only Justine Reese in the industry right that's your sound that's your thing and what you bring to your performance is your interpretation of that it is your job as an actor Brian Cranston said this beautifully just a few weeks ago your job as an actor is to bring your interpretation of whatever script you're given to that director or that producer or that casting agent and if it jives with that person's vision you you got it and if it doesn't you took your best shot. That's right. It's not your job to get the job. It's your job to create that scene and behave in a truthful manner under imagined circumstances. Because if you start thinking about getting the job, you're going to go nuts. I've gotten two auditions while we've been talking, right? And if I start worrying about whether or not I get those jobs, I'd have been dead 10 years ago from a heart attack, right? Yeah. Send it and forget it. But you have Send no it control. Forget it. I tell my students that all the time. Send it. It's my motto. Right. Because you don't know. You don't know who you're auditioning against. You could be. And it doesn't really matter who you're auditioning against. But you know what? You could turn in the most beautiful audition, the most note perfect audition. You you hit your note. You 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 know, you paused at the right time. You hit the thing. And if you're auditioning against the casting director's girlfriend, you didn't stand a chance in the first place. It's out of your control. This is not a meritocracy. So it is your job to swing for the fences every time. Hit. Always aim Every for time. always aim for the yes pile because you also what you never know is oh my gosh, Tim we loved what he did with that. However, it's not right for this one, but let's put him in the let's put him over here and we're gonna we know right. he, uh, we know about him now. He took that risk. Yep. He did that thing. Um, okay, so I want to I want to get this a little bit break this down a little bit tangibly for people. Um, something that we okay. do in our first lesson of coaching with such a voice is called the four point analysis. And mm-hmm. these are the 
keys you can keep coming back to, which is connecting to the message. Who am I? Who am I talking to? And what am I reacting to? Now, I went through those things really quickly, and we're not going to really dive in deep on all of them. But any number of those things, when you change them, you can give two different reads with the same script or, you know, numerous different reads. You change the audience, you know, Tim talked about, and I do find too, I talk to the same people. I had a student, Tim talked about talking to his father a lot. Why? Because he cares about his father. He has a connection to his father. So if he brings in the script and that's his audience, there's an instant um, depth to the feelings he's putting out there. And that's what's received by the client. They don't know he's talking to his dad. They won't know, right? They don't even care. They don't care. They don't care. They want to, they just want to hear something and they don't even know what they want. They just know when they hear something and they're moved and touched and it's the same. And and when they feel it, they're like, my audience is going to feel it. Therefore this, you know, this car is going to sell more, this product's going to sell more, this service is going to sell more. So, um, getting people talk, let's talk some tangible stories, maybe Tim, about a person that had a breakthrough that with this, that maybe struggled with this and what was it that turned them around for people who are like, well, I can't do that. Or I don't feel like I can do that. Okay. So if you walk through the script analysis questions, we've kind of covered three of them already. So I want to really talk about the fourth one because the, the four script analysis questions really actor to actor, Justine, they're Uta Hagen's nine questions distilled into the most relevant ones, right? And the they are the same questions that every stage and screen actor uses when he or she gets any script, whether it's for To Kill a Mockingbird or a Die Hard movie or a Fast and Furious, right? That Tom Hanks analyzes his script. Guess what? He uses something very close to what this is. How do I feel that I'm dying of AIDS in Philadelphia? Blah, 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 right? So- analyzing the script is what separates readers from actors. Okay. And if you know what you're talking about, which is always important and you know who you're talking to and you know who you are and 99 out of a hundred times, you're just going to be you unless your character is predefined. The one that most people get stuck on, and it is the most important question is what are you reacting Reacting to? to. Okay. (laughs) And what you are reacting to is not the circumstance but the emotion of that person that you identified in your second question. Beautiful. Okay. Um, I, well, so many times I ask my, ask my students, okay, what are you reacting to in this? My buddy lost his job. So what? Right. Why do I care that? My How does he lost feel? His job, right. Right. Did, 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 does your buddy hate his job and he's glad he's gone and he's, you know, he's gonna, he's got a three month furlough and he can go looking for a job. Awesome. Great. Then you have an emotion. Does he have a gun in his mouth? You know, is he, uh, is he crying? Is he, is is he like, I'm afraid to go tell my wife. The emotion is what drives your performance. So I have taken the liberty of taking that fourth question. What are you reacting to and breaking it down into two other questions? Okay, let's go. And it's at this point that there's usually a breakthrough. And the two other questions are one, what happened in the moment before? Before you even speak this script, it's in context. Something happens. You don't just walk in and go, is your monthly energy bill taking you by surprise this season? Nobody starts a conversation like that. Why are you having this conversation in the first place? And then the second question is, how does the person that you're talking to feel about what happened in the moment before? And it's at that point, most people break through. Right. Because it's all about emotion. I have worked, I've even, I've, I've worked with, uh, clients on the spectrum who 
uh, struggle with logic versus emotion. That's just how it is. That's one of the, one of the, uh, diagnostic tools, you know, what's your emotional, uh, your ability to determine emotion. Yeah. And, you know, you have to phrase it a little bit differently and say, well, what's their opinion of this? And what's their body language tell you? Because if you can imagine the body language of the person that you're talking to, oh, it informs your entire performance, right? I've been married for 20 years. When my wife comes home from work and goes, I know everything, right? And by I know the way, I just want to, I'm just going to pull a thread on that right there, Tim. Um, what sure. you just did, when my wife comes home and goes, sometimes breath in and of itself is dramatic usable and can change the context of your delivery. So this idea yep. of I'm going to, I'm going to cut out all my breaths. No, you're not actually, because you're going to determine, is it a catch breath that you needed just to get through the script or is it a dramatic? Uh, and I, I don't mean by dramatic, but I mean, is it a, is it a, is it a verbal cue? Just like a laugh could be, you know, we talk right. about lead-ins and, and oh, I've gotten jobs just because I've chuckled in the middle of a script. 100%, which is why I encourage a few. These are the extra, um, what I call like the sprinkles on the Sunday, you know, the verbal cues. Mm -hmm. There's a process here that we like to teach at such a voice so that you can start and build and build and build. But until you master some of these foundational things, it doesn't make sense to start peppering in these kind of verbal cues, but if you can master this four-point analysis, if you can really tap into who am I talking to and what am I reacting to, because acting, just like your other phrase, uh, your other uh, uh, Uda Hoff, no, who was it? Your Meisner. Uh, Meisner. Quote, acting is reacting. Acting is reacting. Mm -hmm. There's always something we're in reaction to, and that is what makes, even in a commercial, you know, it's worth going through this backstory stuff. At first, it might take you a little bit longer, but you know, Tim and I have been doing this a long time, and eventually, you will too. You will not be, you know, belaboring. This stuff just comes to you. You just do it, right? So the because idea because it's human nature. You do it all the time. Right. People tell me all the time, "Oh, I'm not. I can't improvise. I can't. I can't make stuff up on my baloney." When you're driving home from work and the street that you usually take is closed, do you just sit there until they open it? No, no you, you figure out another way to go home. Right, right. Um, this is such magical stuff. And I feel like you and I could go down a rabbit hole on any one number of these things for an hour. But let's talk about some tangible stuff. Yes. Let's talk about different kinds of work. Let's talk about how um, the work has changed over the years. Tim, you used to live out here in LA, correct? I did. Yeah. I can't wait to come back. I know. We, we can't wait to have you. But the industry being so remote, let's just talk about the fact that you and I couldn't do the work we're doing now. I still live in LA, but it doesn't really matter. Um, right. You and I couldn't do this kind of work, uh, you know, 20 years ago or, or 15 years ago when we started no. voiceover and we had to go to casting no. office. Granted, that was fun, but you guys are getting into this at the at the golden era, in my opinion, of voiceover. That's the truth. Right? Um, because when, it's when so, I it's started so back before the 2000s, right, you needed, but you, you needed a studio, you needed super expensive microphones, you needed sound, uh, you remember how much it would cost to buy an Atari reel to reel machine. And you had to like drive around from studio to studio doing your auditions in, in LA, you'd spend more time on the road oh than you would gosh, in the booth. For sure. You know? I mean, because you'd, insane. you'd be there for 10 minutes. Also, 
you know, we talk about this. You'd go in, you didn't get your, you didn't get your copy in advance. You had 10 minutes with that copy if you were lucky and got there early. And then you had to be on time or you missed your audition and you couldn't even audition, which by the way is kind of And in LA, you're never on time for anything. It's insane. Right. right? But I mean, and, and what I'll tell you that when I moved East three years ago, I thought, I thought my career was over. Like I thought there's, there's no way. Well, guess what? Working. I have 500 megabytes up and down on a fiber optic internet service. I've got, I've got source connect. I've got a quality booth. I got a a Neumann U87, right? And so, you know, I am able to do video game work for Capcom here and, and get the work done. This is a, it's a great time to be a voice actor. However, having said that, what it's also done is explode the talent pool. And what this means to you and what AI means to you is that you have to be on your business. Yeah. You have to be on your stuff yeah. and be the best actor that you can be. No one's just going to give you the job because you read really well. You got to be in there because there are exponentially more people in this industry than there were 10 years ago. Because everybody can do it now, or well, everybody has the ability. Equipment is cheaper. Everybody has access now, but, but not everybody can do it. But the thing that's going to set you apart every minute of every day is the fact that you are trained, you know how to take risks, and you can get the job done. And you got to be a good person because you have to deal with the oh, clients. That's the other. You got to have client relations. Let's talk about that a little bit in terms of of delivery, delivery of goods, and reliability. This industry, while there are lots of people in it, is really small. Yeah. And your reputation is about, once you have established yourself as a credible, reliable actor, your reputation is the next thing. Be the kind of actor people want to work with. I had an ADR job in LA before the pandemic where they just brought me in on Friday afternoons because I made them laugh. They would find a role for me because they knew that Friday afternoon they could open up a beer and have fun and laugh with powers and I'd get the work done. By the way, um, our audience, they may not all know what ADR stands for which is additional dialogue replacement and yes Tim was so it's du- it's basically in. dubbing and looping it's the best work in in the, in the industry if you can get it and you oh, get to go in and replace uh background voices on television and, and film and it's hard work to get and if they like you man it's a it's a good payday and it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun and it it's a it's a great thing to learn now as um because it, a lot of it is still union work, um, but the with the writer strike, Ooh. the studios are going to start importing content from the non English speaking world because they have to generate new content. Good point. And so they're going to import shows from Turkey and Spain and Japan, and that's our work. Yeah, that's you know we're going to keep working through the writer strike because there's no new content created, and they can import new content. Anyway, the point is, I got the job because I was a a uh, credible, reliable actor. And I could, I was versatile with what I could do, but the guys just liked hanging out with me and I made them laugh. A hundred percent. You know? Yeah. They, they like to and have if you, you in the room, right? Like, right. So the thing you don't want to do is be a prima donna and go, Oh, I would never say anything like this. Awesome. We'll find an actor who can. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Good Bye. night. You know, you know, uh, you know, if, if the director goes, well, here's your character, he's this and this and this, and the way I imagine it is this and this and this and this, and you go, well, I don't see it that way at all. If you're Tom Hanks, you can do that. 
If you're Tim Powers, you say, all right, cool. Let me give you my interpretation of that. Awesome. Yeah. Happy to do yeah. it. So let's, you know? let's um, let, again, I always like to bring this back to a ta- tangible stories. Um, let's hear some, let's hear some success stories from, uh, from, from some of the students that have, you've gotten to touch and I've gotten to touch, uh, or, or maybe we both haven't, you know, touched literally, <laughs> you know, it's been, no. it's been really fun, honestly, since the, the, one of the things I did get to do is teach a lot more live classes before the pandemic and the master classes yeah. were great because, you know, we did them in person, but I have absolutely, I'm convinced the master classes with everybody in their own studio are way more powerful now because they, they, everyone gets to really see, oh, I'm in, you know, Poughkeepsie and you're in Knoxville, Tennessee, and you're in Northern California and we're all here together. And that's what another thing that we have here at Such a Voice that I don't, I don't see anywhere else is our community. Our community is fire. no. Our community is great, and and uh, the the post demo community afterwards, mm. where it's a bunch of actors rising each other yes. up. The things that that uh, Jun Yoon has done, and the and the foundation that my friend area, Lauren Good yes. laid uh, was super helpful, and I'm sure we'll talk about that. Um, the support that you get as a as a new actor in this industry is rare and good. Mm. I was a comedian on the Sunset Strip for 10 years. I worked at the Comedy Store. I worked at the Improv. I worked with a bunch of famous comedians that you know. Let me tell you about comedians. Comedians will sell their mothers into slavery for a job. Okay. We will throw each other under a bus. It is cutthroat. Okay. I was in an ADR session this morning where I got booked for a job and uh, they had booked me for something earlier and it turned out that the character they had booked me for was already talking to the character that I had booked. And so I'm talking to myself and they're like, well, wait a minute, Tim, we can't have you. And I said, you have two choices. I can either alter my voice a little bit and see if I can come up with a, a little different sound or I know just the guy and I need you to call this guy. Here's his email address. Here's his website. So you can hear his stuff and hear his phone number. He's already trained in this and knows how to do it. So and was, hope he gets the job. That was like three hours ago. Was that one of your students? Yeah, I it was, it. as a matter of fact. I had the exact same thing happen. It was, I'll as tell a you, I had a woman who uh, asked me about doing, <laughs> this was the funniest story. She wa- she is, she is came to a class because she wanted to find out about voiceover to help teach someone that she thought she liked her voice to read her audiobook. And I was like, wait, she goes, yeah, I'm going to buy her equipment. I'm like, hold the phone, hold the roll. I'm like, you are going to take the time to try and invest in somebody to teach them how to do this. And they've never done voiceover. They've never recorded an audiobook. They've never used ACX. I said, let me, let me connect you to some of my students who actually know what they're doing. I mean, I, this is a little known secret. So this is between you, me and the podcast, even though I'm announcing it on the podcast in my masterclasses, I frequently, yes. I can't promise this, but I bring in a casting person from LA. And the beautiful thing about it is he loves coming in. He loves talking to our people because he knows that they have what he'll need when he's casting. So once you get your demos done and, you, and he receives your demo, he, he doesn't have to wonder, do they have equipment? Do they know what they're doing? Because he absolutely right. knows. And we are right. developing that kind of a reputation. So if, if casting people, if clients see such a voice on your resume, they know you're a trained voiceover talent with equipment that yeah. knows how to use it. 
It's it's a big thing. I mean, I've been with the company what four or five years. You've been with it even longer than I have because I remember interviewing with you. And you know, if, if you watch the evolution uh, of the company, we have evolved along with the industry. The industry is very exacting. You need to be on your business. Right. And you know, I call myself a coach way more than a teacher because. Mm. I use this analogy all the time. The four script analysis questions are the same thing. They are analogous to what my football coach in high school taught me. When you go to, when you're football practice in high school, you learn blocking, tackling, punt, pass, and kick, right? That's it. That's, that's what you do. And you learn that and you play football for four years, uh, tackle, block, punt, pass, and kick. Well, guess what? Not that long ago, I was at the Buffalo Bills training camp because they trained down the street from my house and I could walk over and just kind of poke my head in and watch the Bills practice. You know, the, the Buffalo Bills who almost went to the Super Bowl two years in a row. You know what they were doing at their practice? The NFL Buffalo Bills blocking, tackling, punt, pass, and kick. <laughs> Love it. Right. So guess what? When I get a script, when Justine gets a script, when Phil Lamar gets a script, when Billy West gets a script, you know what the first thing they're doing? They're running it through their version of whatever those four script analysis questions are. I'll tell you what they're not doing is just taking it and vomiting brilliance. Right. That's right. Okay. Everybody saw Mrs. Doubtfire where uh, in the opening scene where Robin Williams is in there with a microphone laying animation that's already been animated. Uh, right. And improv. Robin Williams is from another planet. Okay. And that's also Hollywood. What we do is really hard yeah. and it requires a lot of skill. You got a guitar. Awesome. Go jam with the Beatles. Good luck. You got to learn your circle of fists before you can even get in the room with George Harrison. But I also like to say, so, although it is challenging and, and, and potentially difficult, it's so much fun. You'll never have so much fun making a paycheck, being in a class, or maybe even acting without your pants on. I mean, we don't know. Really. It's true. I have done all of those things. Uh, there's a video game coming out that I'm under NDA and I can't tell you what it is, but it comes out in July from Capcom. And I got eaten by a dinosaur in my Captain America pajama pants. <laughs> okay. So really Come quickly, because we, we're starting to run out of time, but I, I I, I yes. love the fact that we are, even in our little home studios, doing this vast array of different kinds of work from audiobooks to video games to, you know, and you specifically have been in the video game world. I myself just took a motion capture class, which is a whole other nice. crazy world. But tell us about video game work from your home studio, Tim. Okay. The auditioning for video game work is insanely challenging because when you get your sides, when you get your, your demo script, you get four wild lines that have no context. You mm -hmm. get a paragraph of description about your character, mm -hmm. and then you get four wild lines, and they want you to deliver those different ways. Okay, What they're looking for is your ability to be believable in whatever situation it is. So yeah. if, the, if the line of dialogue that you get is, let's go over there and punch those Nazis, right? then figure out why your character is saying that and what's it like. Are you in the mess hall, you know, going, all right, men, let's go over there and punch those Nazis. Are you hunkered down behind Colonel Clink's desk, right, underneath, and you're, you're a spy, and you go, all right, let's go over there and punch those Nazis. You know, come up with the scenario, and you need to be believable and in that moment, and it needs to be variety. If you say, let's go over there and punch those Nazis. Let's go over there and punch those Nazis. Let's go over there and punch those Nazis. You're giving them 10 lines of the same thing. You're off 
quick. You're off like a dirty shirt, man. Um, Cause they've heard the same thing five times. What they want to know is that you've got, you've got the ability to act in different scenarios and in video games, those of you who are gamers, you know, you're, it's just like a movie except that it's interactive. So you have your ups and your downs and you have your, your, your quiet moments, right? Final fantasy. I'm all over the place. Emotionally. I'm in final fantasy, by the way. Um, And I can talk about it. Um, And and I I will tell you my character just to, just to add a little, sprinkle a little sugar on that. You know, this motion capture class I took with some big casting people in the motion capture world and they all echoed different versions of the same thing. What are they looking for? They are looking for those transitions. They are looking for the moment before they are looking a lot of times in motion cap, you actually are on camera. So it had, that was a whole other element because, you know, I'm, I myself as a trained actress, am getting back to the on-camera world. But like I, like I say, you open this wardrobe to the Narnia world you are stepping in. You don't know where it's going to take you. That's what I like to say. You know, nope. A lot of you nope. are in corporate jobs that want this, want this creative life. You don't know. And here's the other thing that's so cool. I don't care how old you are. There is work for you, and you can do this for the oh, rest that's the truth, of man. your life. That's the truth. I told my wife, I'm like, the you will pull me out of my booth feet first on the last day of my life. Right. You know, I will be in there working. Probably it's going to be next week. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I I love what I do. Uh, and it's so much fun. You know, like uh, my, my son is 32. He was playing a video game and he sent me a screen capture. And he's like, I didn't know you were in this game. And I got credit at the end. Oh, and he's it. like, it's, it's cool. I mean, how can you not love that? I love it. Um, I love it. But the, the context, everything, every script you read, everything from a Toyota commercial to an audiobook to, for more information, press six. All of that has context to it. Yeah. The fact that you have a good voice doesn't make you marketable. Right. And, and we, it doesn't even get you a seat at the table. Right. So if you are someone out there who has like been thinking about this, God, I, people tell me I have a good voice. I'm the one who does the, the outgoing messages in the office. Every time I do the overhead announcements, they ask me to do all these extra training videos. This could be a fit for you. Take it to the next level because you may not want to yeah. work in that office for the rest of your life. And this is something you can do for the rest of your life and use your skills. So I'd love to evaluate your right. voice. You can reach out to me at justine at suchavoice.com. You can check out our blogs. Tim, just briefly, I know you did a blog. Uh, Such a Voice has a wonderful yep. blog with just oodle. And this stuff is all, this content is available to you now. But as a Such a Voice Free. member, Free. you get so much updated content. You know, the fact that Tim was talking about our community and, and I just can't say enough about it and how we help, yep. you know. We rise together, you guys. You know during the pandemic how much you missed people. And yes, we're virtual because this is a virtual business. But you will feel like you can share your wins, you can share your struggles, and you will get past them Absolutely. and keep moving forward because of the people that surround you, you know? How many times have you been in an audition, Justine? This is this happens to me probably a couple times a month where you just can't get out of your head for an audition. And so what do you do? You call one of your buddies and you're like, hey, listen, I, uh, Jason, I can't, get, I can't get my head out of this. And you, invariably, yeah. wh- whoever I call will go, all right, Tim, what's the script about? Who are you talking to? Totally. <laughs> and pull you through and help you just get out of your head. 
And that's the, that's the beauty of improv. That's the beauty of this community. Um, it's phenomenal. Yes. Uh, okay. So what you need to do then is have your voice, of course, uh, checked out by Justine, but accept that this is not a reading job. Even an audiobook is not a reading that's job. Right. This is an acting job. And if you're not an actor, that's okay. Because what we're here to do is make an actor out of you. If you can be coachable, that's coachability. And you've is got it. the, the, that's it. That's all we need. And when I evaluate you, just need to be you those are the things we're looking for. Yes. Do I hear something? Do I hear a kernel of marketability? Do I believe this person can make money? And by the way, you guys, this isn't for everybody. This may not be for you. Nope. And I want to be honest, as does Tim, as does everyone. We have a lot of integrity here at Such a Voice. We, this is not, this is not, everyone can do this. Not everyone can do this. Not everyone should do this. And you know what? I have had situations um, where I've heard maybe a little speech issue. So before I say, you could be great at this, we have somebody who can actually help you with the regional. And he's very good, by the way. He's amazing. Adam Michael Rose. And we will even set up a a, a free consultation. I mean, the services we have, I can't even tell you. Having lifetime support, by the way, a lot of times, someone asked me yesterday, what does that really mean, lifetime? They said, is that a gimmick? I said, no, because- what do we mean by lifetime support? And by the way, it's incredible that you can come back to our website. We've been around for 30 years, so we're not going anywhere. And the, the content is constantly updated. So you can reach your, go back to your curriculum, go back to video right. content, go back to all of these things. Now, that's incredible. Other programs I have done in the speaking world and other things, you get your curriculum for four months, six months, a year, maybe? Lifetime? And then bam, Ooh, gone. Right? So- so, uh, so here's the thing, right? You want you want to talk about integrity, and you want to talk about what sets us apart. I can't speak for any other coach in this in this company, but if you Google my name, if you Google Tim Powers Voice Actor, you know what shows up my site, some of my work, and then websites of all of my students who use me as their coach. They say the first thing on their resume is coached in voice acting by me. Now listen. If you have learned nothing in this hour working with me, it's that I take what I do very seriously. And my name is at the bottom of your resume. And you, as an established voice actor, are auditioning for the same people I am. If you stink, it's on me. And it colors my audition before it even gets to that casting director. It is in my best interest to make you the best voice actor you can be. Because you're part of my credibility for the people above us, the casting directors. I love that. All right. And that's let's, why let's, I push we're you We're going to so have hard. to uh, close out and we may come back with a part two with, with you, Tim. But um, any just, that was pretty Stay much in a, school, kids. some final last words. But um, <laughs> yeah. we would love to hear from you. Any, any, just any, any last words you want to leave our, leave our audience with today? Uh, let's see. Uh, great last words. Yes. Uh, acting is crucial in this. If you're not an actor, you can be, you can learn to become one and it's not as hard as you think it is. Yeah. And it's, you're going to have more fun doing it with us than you could possibly imagine. So reach out, uh, find out more Yep. and we would love to talk to you and there's webinars I can send you and all kinds of things to get you going in this. We want to help push the needle if this is something you're interested in because it's the best job in the world, I think. It really yeah. is. One more thing I want to just mention too is, you know, voice voiceover work and your voice is evergreen. 
And I think ultimately we all want to leave some kind of a legacy behind in this world. And if you get to do an audiobook, even if it's not your audiobook, it's someone else's words, your voice is out there. You're leaving a legacy. It lasts forever. forever. Right? I get a, I get up Saturday morning and I listen to June Foray and Mel Blanc and Stan Freeberg and Dawes Butler. <laughs> you know, all the legends of the industry who have all been gone, you know, for yeah. years. All that stuff is still there, yeah. right? All the uh, Jack Benny, you know, his voice is still there. It's what what we do is is eternal. Go to Disneyland, right? The voice of Disneyland, a cat named Paul Freeze, right? He's been dead uh, twenty years now, and you still hear him announcing the rail uh, the the haunted mansion. So cool, so cool. All right, we love what we do. We love our students, and um, we do. We are going to sign out. Thank you, Tim Powers. And if you want to reach out and look. Tim up. You can look on our website and I'm sure he's available on LinkedIn and all those wonderful places. And we look forward to hearing True. from you, working with you. And that's all from the voiceover pod today with Justine Reese and Tim Powers. Have a great day. If you want to learn more about what it takes to become a working voiceover actor, come to an intro class or schedule a voice evaluation with Justine. You can contact her at Justine Reese at suchavoice.com. That's J U S T I N E R E I S S at suchavoice.com. Or check out our website at suchavoice.com. If you like the podcast, subscribe to this channel or leave a review. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.